what God has for us tonight. The book of Matthew, chapter 28. <clears throat> First book of the New Testament. And let's look at a very popular passage of Scripture, of course. It is Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20. <clears throat> the Bible says there in Matthew 28, 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even into the ends, to the end of the world. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this passage of Scripture. It's a very popular passage, Lord. We Christians, we know this, and many of us know these verses by heart. But I pray, Father, that we take into account what's said in here, how you commission us to go into the world and to tell others about your love and about you. I pray, Father, help us to do that, to be willing to go and tell the people across the street, the people in our workplaces, the people that we come in contact with each and every day about the great Savior. I pray, Father, uh, speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The great the greatest mission. You know, there are many mission, missions on this world, but the greatest mission, who is the greatest mission for the Christian? Go and tell. Go ye into all the world. Go ye. I think the church, I think the Christian church, many churches like ours are doing a, a what the Lord called us to do, to reach the ends of the world or the ends of the earth. We, we do, and, you know, we, could we do better? Yes. Could we be more organized? Yes. It's always room for improvement, isn't it? There's always room for improvement when it comes to the gospel, how we go out, how we tell. There's always, should I do this, should I do that? How can we do better? There's always something. But I tell you what, we doing it. We're doing it, and that's, that's the key. We do. We're not just sitting around doing nothing. We're doing it. You know, it is a blessing. I saw like that lady got saved out of the food pantry. You know why? Because we are reaching. We saw someone that needed need, and boom, three ladies went at it, and she got saved. So uh, uh, it's, it, when it comes to reaching the ends of the earth, like are we supporting, are we reaching the end? Of, yeah, we're supporting missionaries. Listen, I... I would love to have 150, 200, 500 missionaries. I would love to support every missionary that is out there to support. Can we? <laughs> you know, can we? Is the thing. But do I want to support? Yeah. You know, they, they have the greatest gospel. They have the great, they have beacons of light. You know, could I, it would be wonderful to do that. But, you know, we have to understand we live in a, a world and, you know, money is a problem and, uh, that's the way the Lord, the, the Lord gave us the commission, but we are to find the ways to send them out, to help them go out. So, it is, you know, how we do this, by the sacrificial giving of God's people. That's how we do it. It's sacrificial giving of God's people. Um, myself, I don't preach to you anything that I don't do myself. You say, uh, <laughs> you know, the day somebody said to me, Pastor, do you tithe? <laughs> of course I tithe. <laughs> Well, silly question, but, but I mean, it was a very serious question. I thought it was silly when I heard it. But, you know, of course I tithe. You give to missions? Yeah, of course I give to missions. You know, I always did. I always will. You know, like, you know, as long as, you know, I, 
God, God I give to mission. So as I begin this message, let me remind you that Jesus Christ left his church with the great with left the church with the greatest responsibility, or a great responsibility, and that responsibility is to reach the world with the gospel message. So the church, we are a local church, right? But we were given the same responsibility every local church have is to go out and tell the world about the Lord Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, let me ask you a simple question tonight. What are you doing with the worldwide evangelism? What are you doing? Are you praying for the missionaries? Oh, Pastor, I didn't know their name. Or just going in the hallway, write them down all what I, I put it like because I don't like to write things down. Oh, oh, I put it this way. I write things down so I can remember. And guess what happens? I lose everything. So I write myself notes. I lose the notes. And I, I think you go, you go to the same, the same problem. because I, I, So I, I decided to do something else. I said, I have a, such a nice phone. I think I'm going to use my phone. So I began to take notes on my phone. It's been a little better because <laughs> I know it's in my notes now. So it goes like this. All right, so pass the iPhone. You just go take a picture of the missionary boards right there, and then you have not a picture. So you go through your pictures, and you can remember your missionary. I'll say like this. All right, let's do something different this year. I think I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to remind you that, but this is what we're going to do. We're going to adopt a missionary each week. We as a church, we're going to pray for that missionary. We're going to see if we get as much information about him and share with our church family. So we take these missions, these things. So we, we want, I want you to know that they're part of us. They represent us. So they must not be forget, forgotten. So what what we have to ask this question, what are we doing with worldwide evangelism? Are we financially supporting? Are we praying for those people? How are we interested in what they do and how they're reaching the lost for the Lord Jesus Christ? So if what we do as a church or as individuals is just having a nice missions program this month and, and through the year we don't pray, we don't, we don't financially support, we don't, we don't go, then we are not involved in the Great Commission the way Jesus commanded us to do. We ought to be involved in the Great Commission. See... Here's one of my goals that I do. I don't know about you. Uh, you know, I mean, we, here's what we do for missions. Some Bibles are like, how much we support missionaries? We support missionaries about $75 a month for each missionary. Okay? And understand, I would love to go to the 100, but we're not there. But 75, we just support those. But everything is given to missions. It's not just that. We have other things that are involved in missions that all that goes through. But here's one thing that I would, I would me and myself, I do. I would try to be able to support each year one missionary. Myself, one missionary. The next year, so maybe I support one more missionary. But that's me. I, I, that's my desire, to see the gospel going out. Uh, and I hope that it would give you that desire as well, to see, well, I'm going to give enough to support one missionary this year, and I want to pray the Lord to give me more desire so I can support another missionary next year. And you can do that through your local church. So my, my thing is, with me is like this. When, when I give to missions, what we give to missions as a family, I, I, I don't want to take that I out of there, as a family, is that we don't back down. We, or we that stay in the same or we give more. We understand life can come in you different ways, but I'm just trying to encourage you to here tonight. So uh, the Lord Jesus Christ has commanded us to what? To preach the gospel to all nations. He did that. He commissions that us to do that. So... 
Let's consider this tonight. So let's, as we consider this theme uh, tonight, allow me to give you seven things tonight from Scripture. Uh, it says, with respect of the gospel of Jesus Christ, each, uh, 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 and see the responsibility that lies on us as his children to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Uh, so number one, it is about this gospel message, and you're talking about tonight about the greatest mission. Of course, the greatest mission comes, it is an elementary, elementary gospel. May I remind you that the gospel of Jesus Christ is so simple to understand that even a little child gets it. A little child gets it. People have the tendency to complicate everything, don't do? They, they complicate everything. Not only do they complicate, but make a mess out of everything. And the older we get, seems like that's a tendency in many ways. So the simple story of God's love for humanity is very simple to understand that and, and available to all and who will place their trust in, in, in the finished work of Jesus Christ that even a little child can understand. So letter A is a childlike faith. Look what it says in Luke 18, 17. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. It is a childlike faith. I mean, it is a simple faith. God doesn't want, uh, people come to the Lord with question marks. Or oh, what if this? What if, no, it's like a childlike faith. They come and they believe in Jesus just like that. Mark uh, 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 15 says, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. So in other words, salvation is obtained as, as a, a childlike faith. Children are, are tender, and they don't take much for them to believe. For as an adult to enter in the kingdom of heaven, uh, we, uh, we must have uh, the faith of a little child. And as the statistic says, I don't like statistics. Don't get me wrong. I do not like statistics, okay? I think everyone come to, can come to know the Lord. But here's the thing out there. The older we get, or people get, the harder it is for them to get saved. They're so settled in life. They have all these things. And, uh, I don't, you know, little children. That's why, you know, bless the Lord for those, the little children. And those who reach out to them, we're making them the people of tomorrow. But we can tell them about Jesus. So the Lord, uh, uh, Lord, I don't understand this, uh, 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 everything, but I believe. That's the childlike faith. So, folks, the gospel message that Jesus commissioned uh, his church to go and share within the world is an elementary gospel. In other words, the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't need theologians to share it. Actually, I love the gospels. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I love those books. Why? Because Jesus is very simple, very practical in his teachings. If you look, I mean, if you, you cannot miss anything when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It is that easy. Jesus tried even to use stories, like everyday stories, to convey a big meaning so people could get it. So the problem of many Christians when it comes to evangelism is fear. fear fearfulness of telling others, oh, what people are going to think of me? What are they going to say? Fear is a big problem. There's a fear, a fear of retaliation, I'm sorry. Fear of coming out of their comfort zone. Fear of messing up. So instead of trusting the Lord when sharing with others the simple gospel, they fill they their hearts with fear of what's going to happen. 
Look, listen, folks. When we go out and tell people, or when you have an opportunity to tell people, let the Spirit of God work in you. Let Him speak through you. Let Him do the work. Or before you were about to give a track to somebody and say, Lord, I need your help. Please help me. Give me the boldness that I need. The Great Commission was given by the Lord Jesus to his church, so you are part of the body of Christ if you're saved. So the commission is extended to all of us. We have the responsibility as Christians to share the gospel with those who don't know. I am grateful forever for the Christian person that reached out to me with the gospel. I am forever grateful and forever I will be grateful. Look what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. I can do all things to Christ with what? What strengthens me. You see, the Spirit of God which resides inside of you will give you the strength and the boldness to open your mouth and tell someone about Jesus. You may be thinking, but I don't know how to talk about Jesus. You can know. I said this morning, you can use pretty much any verse in the Bible and, and share the gospel with someone. It, doesn't have, it is not that complicated. I understand these are programs about how to witness to people. You know what? Uh, I, learned, I, I went to many different programs about uh, learning how to share the gospel. You know what? The conclusion that came out of it about those programs, you, bo you become a robot. You say this, you memorize this. Blah, 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 blah. Listen, have a, a conversation. Have an honest, heart-to-heart conversation and Tell them about the Lord. I think the people to see how real you are and honest you're being, besides being like a robot and just, uh, I mean, hey, it might work for some, but I went through those, I wanted to know, I went through those programs. Listen, please, the clear reading of the scripture tells us that what we are, that we are called to share the simple gospel to others, to those who don't know. So Jesus thought that the gospel was so simple even a child can understand it. One of the reasons people don't share this faith is because of fear. There's a lot of fear a lot in the minds of, of many people. That, that's why they don't, they don't share it. What people are going to think of me? They, they're afraid of God coming out of their shell, so to speak. So let it be we see the disciples' example. This Sharing this God, the disciples' example. Look at the early disciples. None of those 12 men had Theological education. You, you, you tell me which one was a theologian right there of those 12 men. None of them. They were simple people. They were everyday people just like me and you. And the, the Lord equipped them to go through the ends of the earth and share the gospel. And they did. Exactly that. They did. Peter was a fisherman. Anything but educated. Matthew was a tax collector. He was not a biblical scholar. They simply share what they knew to be true. Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And all who ask him for forgiveness will receive, the, uh, uh, receive it and, and, and be given eternal life. Somewhere along the way, we have complicated the gospel to the degree that it becomes uh, uh, difficult even for people to understand. Look, listen, open your heart, share Christ with them, tell them what the Lord did for you. Any verse in the Bible fits. Number two. 
First of all, elementary gospel. Number two is an exclusive gospel. There is no other way to gain access to God and eternal life except through the gospel of Jesus Christ. There, there are many religions in, in this world, many religions, and many other gospels, but the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's exclusive, folks. You know what, folks, let me put it this way. There are people in this world, they're, 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 they're good people. Even on the earth, they're, they're, they're honest people, they're humble people. You talk to them, and, and, and they will go out of their way to help you, and they have their religions. And they, many of them honestly believe that they have the truth. But I tell you why, it's only one gospel. It's only one message. If anybody desire heaven, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. You know what? Who's going to tell them? Who's going to tell them? I said this morning, the lost person is not going to tell another lost, lost person how to get to heaven. They need us. We are the messengers of the gospel. We are the beacons of light that go to this spiritual dark world and tell them about the Lord. They need to hear that. So they're saying that, like I said this morning, Allah and Buddha and Confucius and many other gods are all the same, uh, the, of the, that the God that we serve. That's not true. Don't allow people to say that to you. If somebody says to you that, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe, you all go to heaven, that's a great opportunity to just say, no, it's not true. This is, look, this is what the Bible teaches. Be strong with your words. Just say it so they, they know that you uh, believe that with wholehearted. Look what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear. I mean, listen up. You know, the people, some people, some people they, they don't listen. Or they listen, but they don't hear anything. You know, they, 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 and like you know, I said this morning to the kids and the, the kids, the young, the young adults in our Sunday school class, I said, you know what? It's like you go to school and, and uh, a, a test comes and the teacher uh, is, is a, te a test in the end. So, oh, teacher, I never learned this thing. I never learned this thing. And the teacher said, oh, I taught this stuff. No, no, I don't remember. Wait, no, you know why? Because you listened, but you didn't hear anything. You know, God says in his word, he that have a hear to hear, let him hear. Listen, the, the gospel master goes out all the time. People are watching on social media. People listen to it. You know what? They hear, but they don't, I mean, they listen, but they don't hear. They don't take it to heart what is being said. So, uh, see right here, look what it says, hear. Deuteronomy says, hear, O Israel. So, look, pay attention, Israel. Hear what I have to say. The Lord, our God, is one Lord. And I shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. How much God wants you to love him? With all that. So the, the world always going to have their own way, their own opinion, and unfortunately we cannot change that. People's going to have their, everybody's an opinion. You agree with me? Everybody's an opinion. And the world's going to have their gospel, their ways of going. In a sad thing, and when we see Christians pattern after them. Risa, what? Why do I have to pattern myself after the world when I can pattern, I can pattern myself after Jesus? You see that? We so, uh, we saturate our minds, and many Christians get involved on in that. They look at these, these stars and these things, and these what the people do, and they pattern themselves after those things. Don't we supposed to be more like Christ? Turn the back on the world and pattern yourself after God. So the gospel of Christ stands alone with no compromise. Listen, the Bible, the word of God, doesn't ask for excuses. It's not there to try to defend itself. God declares word, and it's for people to 
to take it or reject it. You know what? But to us, we are commanded to take it to the ends of the earth. We are commanded to take this gospel, this Bible, the word of God, to those who don't know. The local church are commanded to do that. So the gospel of Jesus Christ stands alone with no compromises. It stands alone with power because the tomb is empty. Because Jesus rose from the dead, promising heaven to all of those who believe on him. On the other hand, the leaders of every religion, know, known to man, are still in a grave to this day. So if you really come down to, to, the, to the bottom or, or to the core of it, all these other religions, we say, where's your leader? Where's your founder? The one that started that, they're in the grave. You know, I pattern myself after Christ because he's a living Lord. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is exclus exclusive, I'm sorry. We serve a risen Savior, and, and his promises goes beyond that grave. My hope is not in the grave. My hope is in the Lord. That's my hope. You see, if anyone here is thinking, that is not fear. That's too narrow. Well, put up with God on that. You know, I'm just a messenger of, the, of God's word. I, I didn't, you know, that's God's doing. People say, that's not fear. It's too narrow. Well, put up with God. Go argue with him. And you see, if anyone, like I said, here thinking that's too narrow, put up with God. What about these poor people who are trapped in those religions? My answer to you is, let me tell you what the Bible says. People are trapped in those religions. You know what? I was trapped in a religion as well. And when the truth came to me, when the truth was presented to me, I had a choice to make. I was trapped in a religion. You know what? I made the choice. I received Jesus as my Savior. See, the choice is to all of us. Let me tell you what the Bible says about that. Romans 1.8 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God had showed it unto them. Verse 20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal, the eternal power and Godhead, so they are, so I'm sorry, so they so that they are without excuse. Listen, folks. It's not that COVID made a big dent on churches. It's not that this excuse and that excuse, let me tell you, it's that people don't want nothing to do with God. That's, that's what comes, the bottom line is this. People don't want nothing to do with God. They want to do what they want to do. They want, they want to entertain themselves the way they want, but not with God. People are more willing to go see a football game or go to a party here and there than they are to go to the house of God these days. You know what? They're making their choices. God to them uh, is irrelevant. You know what? And we say, Pastor, so why we go tell they give the gospel to them? Because they need it. They need it. So the gospel is available to all, and they must come to God according to the word of God, not according to the will of man. So everyone who rejects the, the free gift of God is without excuse. Let me put it this way. When people say, when people say out there, don't matter what you believe, 
As long as you're sincere, you're going to heaven. Whose gospel is that? That's humanism. That's not godly gospel. That's humanism. That's the way we want to make, we want to feel good about ourselves. I can live the way I want to live. I can do what I want to do. And you know what? In the end, eh, I'm going to heaven. That's humanistic thinking. God says this way. If you want to go to my heaven, you need to come through my son. That's the gospel. You see, one of the ingredients of sharing the gospel these days is that we claim exclusivity, and that is we preach that Jesus is the only way to heaven. There's no other way to gain access to God and eternal life except through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what? One thing that I notice very well is if you go and preach when someone dies. You go to a funeral home, and even the most one out there, his eyes are focused on you. You know why? Because when somebody dies, it does something to the heart of man. And I notice more than anything, when you preach to the lost in those places, they are listening to you. You know why? That's why Baptist, or not Baptist, but Bible-believing church, when a pastor goes to those places, you know what they do? They don't make people feel good. They preach the gospel. When I go to do any funeral to anybody, I don't go there to make people feel good. I go there to preach the gospel. Because it might be the only time they're going to hear that gospel. It might be the only time that I will ever be able to preach to them. You know what? You're going to hear that you're a sinner and you need a Savior. And I'll do that. I don't do that in a mean way. I do that because I care them enough to tell them the truth. So let's go to our, ne- <laughs> to our next uh, point number three. It is an eternal gospel. And we see this in John 3, 16 and 17. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, here he goes, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. This is a timeless, changeless is applicable to all people of all places at any time. Why God calls people to plant churches or go to a far country and leave families and friends behind? It is because it is an, it is a, there is an urgency to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. It is because they know that the gospel message is an eternal gospel. They know that the gospel message have eternal consequences. They know that they, there is an urgency in delivering the, this gospel because there is a place called hell. There's a place called hell, a little place called hell, with people of, with great intentions go. Again, the spirit of the age tells us that because all, all truth is contextual, and that is comes all out of community, that there is no truth which is equal true for all people in all places at any time. So when people say, well, truth is relevant these days, we're telling the truth. God tells the truth. There's no way in the Bible that you find God lying to you. God doesn't lie to us. God is very clear in what he says. I had one person one time that came to me. I was in a Providence Rescue Mission preaching. When I finished the preaching, he comes with his Bible open and said, You explain to me this passage. This passage is wrong and God is lying. I said, Sit down over here. We sat down. I said, Let me explain this to you. In the end, I said, Is God lying to you? Oh, no. I just misunderstood. Good. 
I'm glad you admit that. You just say, so if you don't understand, don't call God a liar. You just don't understand, you admit it. Number four, isn't it, it is an exacting gospel. That is, it's not an easy message. It is one which demands everything from those who accept it. I am often led to wonder how many people who claim to follow Jesus really understand what he asks us to do. You know, there are many people that get saved, and I, I, sometimes I wonder, do you really understand what God demands of us? God says, if you love me, Keep my commandments. That is a high demand. God says, it's not about you anymore. It's about me. You are to love me with all your heart, mind, and soul, with everything you got. So do you really understand that believing in Jesus means that we abandon everything uh, and to follow him? Do we really preach a message that, uh, that, that people get that? Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 16. Actually, go to Matthew 16, verse 24. Look what it says there in Matthew 16, 24. It says, and Jesus said unto his disciples. Now, he's talking to saved people here, all right? He's talking to people that is following him. He says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. How you do that? How you deny yourself, folks? You die to self, to your own ambitions and desires. God says, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. In verse 25 says, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what, what is a man, I'm sorry, for what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for, exchange for his soul? So Jesus is being very practical here the way he's speaking. When we preach the gospel, we must be careful not to preach a watered-down version of the gospel, a gospel which calls for nothing and promises everything. Unfortunately, this, this message of the gospel, which gives us everything, uh, uh, everything and costs us nothing is what people see and hear when they go to so many churches today. They, sim they, they, simply, they, they simply heard part of the gospel, not the other part. It is a gospel that demands everything of us. It's not about us anymore. It's about him. If it were that easy to follow Jesus, if all it entails was believing that is uh, God and that what he wants uh, good things from us. There's no reason anyone would reject it. But the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, uh, is taught as Scripture explains. It means that we surrender ourselves totally, unreservedly, by faith to the Lord, to the Lord Jesus Christ. As a child doesn't have a hard, a, a child doesn't have a hard time with this because they're tender. They believe they're tender plants. They believe it. The gospel demands that we take up our cross, the instrument of death, and follow Jesus to Calvary. We ought to crucify the old man there and live in this new nature that is given by the Lord. So it demands that it, it calls us to surrender our will to the will of the Father. It assaults our pride, our self-sufficiency, calling out to renounce our own ability to see ourselves for the sinners that we are. It demands that we abandon our love for the material things of this world. 
And he said, place our treasures in heaven. Folks, if we only understand what God demands of us. We live sometimes in this world and the only thing we think, we think this world is forever. It's not. May we bank in the bank of heaven instead of the banks of this world. I'm not talking about money. You understand what I'm saying here. So Numbers 5 is an enlightening gospel. Look what it says here in our text. Go ye therefore. You see, Jesus left his church with a great commission. The commission is to reach the lost for Jesus Christ. But we don't stop here. We are to teach. We are to baptize to those who are saved. The great commission includes the baptism and carefully disciple new believers. Making disciples involves Christian training. That is why we have so many activities in our church. And those who get saved, if they start coming to church, we want to disciple them. We want to teach them the will, the word of God, so they can grow in, a, in, in the things of the Lord. So what we have here, Sunday school, is to be uh, 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 a basic Bible study designed to, to, to help not, uh, non-believers understand. This, on this, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's to help believers to understand the, the, what the gospel means, what, what it means to be a Christian. Let me tell you this. Sunday school, it is very, very important. We call them Sunday school. But Sunday school is very important. Why? Because there you have an opportunity as you're growing in the Lord to say to the teacher, hey, what about this? You have a question, ask him. It is a wonderful time. I love Sunday school. I don't know about you. It's an opportunity for us to learn together, to grow together in the things of the, world, of the Lord. The reason why a missionary go and plant churches is not because he is called, uh, he, I'm sorry, is only because he is called and commissioned by God, but also because there is a need to disciple those who the Lord saves in the hands of the church. There's a great need to evangelize the world. There's a great need to evangelize America, don't you think? You know why America is in the mess that America is, spiritually speaking? is because people are forgetting to evangelize people. We go and reach it. But now we just reach, we disciple them. Add them to the church, we disciple them, train them in the things of the Lord. Number six is an effective gospel. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ truly transforms those who are truly, who truly believe. So salvation is the power of transforming people. And the guy in my job, his name is Bob. I've mentioned him several times. I have some great conversations with him. And I said to him, I said, Bob, why are you listening to this, these things uh, on the Internet? And you come to me with these questions that you have no answers because they put your mind upside down. Do you agree? He goes, yeah, I agree. Uh, and he, he has a good questions, you know, because he's been listening to people, and now his mind's going all over the place, and he doesn't know what to think, so he comes to me. And I patiently try to explain to him, and, and I said to him, I said, Bob, why don't you come? to Bible study on Wednesday nights. Obviously, you're interested on that. He goes, well, you're going to convert me. I said, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to convert you, but I'm going to make you, you know, come to the point of you got to make a decision. But so you have so many questions, and you listen to these people, and you come to me all confused. I said, I'm not going to lead you to confusion. I'm going to tell you what God says in his word. You want to learn? He goes, I love to learn. Well, then why don't you come? Or are you going to convert me? I said, I let, I let God do the conversion for you, okay? 
<laughs> I got to do that for you. But it's an effective gospel. Listen, if when we tell the word of God to people, some people are going to react to it. Actually, every, everybody reacts to it. When you begin to tell the word of God to someone, they're going to react to it. They either react in a bad way or react in a good way. But they're going to react to it. So it is an effective gospel. Look what it says. If any man, 2 Corinthians 5.17, being Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, I mean, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So the person who truly accepts Jesus as a new person, all things have passed away, and all things become new. So this gospel is affected because it completely changed those who come in contact with. I'll tell you why. You look around. Look around. Look around tonight. You know what the gospel did? It affected you. It affected me. The reason why we're here. The reason why you're watching on social media. Those of you who are saved. Let me tell you this. It affects us. We can't help it, but it transforms us. Do you think I was the way I am before I got saved? I still remember the way I was. I was not a little kid. I was a grown-up man. Two kids already. I was a father of two children. I tell you what. It affected me. It affected you. When the gospel reaches people, it affects people. It transforms people. It has that power to do that. You know, that's that gospel that we want to take to the, the ends of the world and tell people about. But we should not be so consumed with the ends of the world we forget our own local place where we are. We have to be beacons of light right here. So the, the, the reality is that if you are saved, there will be a transformation in your life. The desire for God, for God's word, will grow in you daily. The desire for godly things and godly living will grow in you. You know, like... Don't you see that? I'll tell you what. I'll put it this way. Okay, so before I got saved, I loved rock and roll. That was my type of music. You know, I listened to those heavy metal things. You know, I love that type of music. When I got saved, nobody came to me and told me, you need to get rid of this music. Because you know how I am? When I first got saved, I wouldn't get rid of it. Because I was that stubborn. What happened? The transformation, God's word, God's spirit, convicting your heart and say, get rid of this thing, get rid of this thing. And you on your own, you do it. That's what God does in your heart. It does, it, it, it is, it is an effective gospel. It reaches the heart of man. And if we allow the Lord to work in us, he will transform you from inside out. So the desire for God's word will grow in you. Nobody's telling me to go read my Bible. I, I don't, I'm not accountable, accountable to anybody. My wife doesn't come to me, did you read your Bible today? Joseph doesn't come to me, Dad, did you read your Bible today? No. You know what? <laughs> it's, it's a desire that grows in you. You feel the hunger for it. Then you go looking for it, and you listen to it, or you read to it. You study the Word of God. It, it grows in you because it's an affected gospel. When it reaches the heart of man, it transforms. That's why I have a problem and I put question mark. Listen, I'm not God. And I never put my place in there. When, when people say they claim to be saved and they have no desire for God, no desire for God's help, no desire to read God's word, no desire to grow in the things of God, I question that salvation. I really do. You say, well, what about Lot? I'm sorry, but Lot, if you read about the story of Lot, it, you can read about the heart of Lot. As he was going through the troubles that he was going. But let me tell you, 
I question. Really? Are you truly saved? Are you really saved? The desire for godly things and godly living will grow in you. The desire to be, a, a, to be in God's house and, and make, uh, uh, make friends with God's people will grow in you. If there's no change, I don't think there's no salvation. I don't say, I'm not going to say there is not. I'm going to say, I don't think there is no salvation. Well, I think there's no salvation. Jesus said that we must bear fruit. That's the only fruit is the new convert. We, get, we got converted. We, we received Jesus as our Savior. And we began to display the fruit of the Spirit. Not the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit in many different qualities in our life. So how can we, you claim transformation if it's, the, if it's the little difference between you and the guy that is lost next door to you? The gospel of Jesus Christ changes us from inside out. It's not merely a moral code we try to obey. It's not merely a set of nice things that we, we should strive towards. It, it's a gospel that comes with transformation. It changes us from who we were and who we become. That's why sometimes it's good to do a survey in our own lives. Am I growing in the Lord more than I was last year? Am I more of a godly person than I was last year, that I look more like Jesus than I looked last, last year? Number seven, almost done. It is an extended gospel. Folks, the gospel of Jesus Christ was not given to us to keep it inside the church. That's why I say take the tracks with you, and when it's done, I put more over there. You know why? Because they're designed for you to take it out with you, to give it to people, not to decorate the church. That's not the function or the, or the meaning of all those tracks. It's to take them out, take it with you, and give it to people. That is the, and in a while, you can give that to people, and everything in that gospel track has everything that that person needs to receive Jesus as Savior. The Great Commission was given, given by Jesus is for us, to the church, to go into our neighborhoods, to go into surrounding areas, to go to the outermost parts of the earth. It is an extended gospel. You have received the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and now it is your turn, your turn, to take the same news to somebody else. Somebody share it with you. Now go share it with somebody else. Listen, please. Which person that you know I'm sorry, which person that you know who doesn't believe in God will go knock on doors and tell others about Jesus? Or will go out of their way to give someone a track? Those who do that are those who have received the same gospel that you have received. And their hearts desire for, uh, for others to be saved or receive that same gospel as well. The gospel is a, power, is a powerful tool to keep us Trusting and telling others about the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember when I first went out as a new Christian, the excitement to give a track to someone, you know, to just give that track to someone. I remember when my son Patrick was a little kid, he, I used to take him with me. I took Joseph a couple of times too, a few good times. And, and, and the excitement to, to, to go and tell and to tell people. And, 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 and the opportunity, the Lord gave me many opportunities to, to walk in someone's home and, and, and to sit down in their living rooms and, and talk to them about Jesus. And when you're there, you know, you don't even care about time. You have a message to give. 
So the Great Commission is something God has entrusted to you and to me. But the more than that is, is something that He's commanded us to do. Some Christians come to the belief that the Great Commission was given to the pastors and the church and the missionaries. No, no, it's given to all of us. We individually have the responsibility to reach the world. Isn't that what the disciples did? They went everywhere. They didn't go together. They went everywhere preaching the gospel. So the gospel message was never intended by the Lord for each one of us to keep it but to share it. You are to do what the Lord called you to do and myself as well. This gospel message to reach others, don't matter the color of this skin, language, or cultures, we are to go and tell others about this wonderful gospel. I conclude with this. We have a gospel worth sharing, don't we? And we have a Savior worth serving. Let me repeat that. We have a gospel worth sharing. And we have a Savior worth serving. I don't know where you are in your Christian walk. There's one thing I leave with you and I close with this. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's not about what others do. It's about what you're doing with the gospel that God gives you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for the gospel. It reached my heart long ago. It transformed my life. It put me on the pulpit, Lord. That's what this gospel did. And, Lord, I enjoy every moment of it, serving you, singing to you, praising you, worshiping you with other believers. It's something, Lord, that you don't, I don't take for granted. And I pray for my brothers and sisters here tonight. May they feel the same way. And Lord, help me to go and tell others about you and help every person here tonight to go and tell about this wonderful news that is the gospel. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You could stand, please. We're going to...